and welcome back to the Tea Balance podcast with me, Tori Bowie. I'm a holistic health and life coach and founder of Tea Balance, the coaching practice that I've created to help individuals tune into themselves to be able to live their fullest life. Today, I have someone here who's been a very formative part of my journey, Jamie Hepburn. Jamie is an incredible yoga teacher based in London and her classes were actually the first I went to when I started yoga a few years ago. She has taught over 2,500 hours of classes and developed the knowledge and confidence to create and lead beautiful, well-designed classes and retreats. Jamie's journey has been an admirable one. She moved to London from Canada in 2014 and has since paved her way achieving so much and helping so many around her. One of those being myself. I've learned so much from Jamie. She reminds me to let go, to breathe, to be present, to pay attention to what's happening around me, to be still in the moment and release. She always creates such a safe space to practice in and there have even been times where I have been so overcome with emotion that I've cried. I'm not sure she actually knows that yet. Anyway, I hope you enjoy it. Jamie, hi, how are you? I'm very good, how are you? Good, thank you. Welcome to my podcast. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. So, can you please intro us to you, your story, how you got into yoga, etc.? Yeah. Um, okay, so, I mean, as of yesterday, it was Jamie Tully, um, <gasps> and I changed it to Jamie Hepburn, so I'm trying to go forth with that, see how that goes. Um, Congratulations. <laughs> Jamie just got married last weekend. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, um, I, I'm a yoga teacher. Um, I'm based in London. I teach... The majority of my classes at Core Collective in Kensington and Knightsbridge. Um, I've been teaching for four or five years, which it seems like it's sort Crazy. of flown by. Um, and I run international retreats three or four times a year. Um, yeah, I mean, beyond that, I'm even trying to break free of just being a yoga teacher. So beyond that, I'm really interested in you know, design and art, and I try to create a space that is, um, you know, not so focused on just yoga, but um, inviting yoga into all different areas of your life, and, um, you know, for me, that is, you know, majority of the time off the mat, so, um, yeah, I mean, Pride for four years was a bit of a whirlwind, um, but it took me a while to get into yoga, but then when I did, um, it just sort of was the only thing that really made sense for a while. Um, shall I tell you about? Yes, yeah. please. <laughs> Before. So, um, God, I was a very reckless teenager. I think I already told you, but I was a very reckless teenager. Um, I battled a lot with my, my mom specifically. And, um, you know, when I was really young, we went back and forth and back and forth and, uh, ended up, being kicked out of the house at around 15 years old. Um, before that, even like 14, 13, but 15 was probably the glue. And uh, from there, uh, it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me because from there I lived with, with different friends and their families and having an outpouring of kindness. Like I wasn't a bad kid, I should say that. Like, you know, I just skipped my curfew. Yeah. <laughs> my mom didn't like it. Um, and so to have other, other families give me space... Uh, and give me trust really 
helped me, I think, really be a better person because I was constantly living in someone else's home and they didn't have to keep me there. So I was on my, you know, best behavior. And um, from, but then, you know, from there, obviously, there was that sense of loneliness and, like, abandonment from my mm-hmm. mom, which I, you know, I think I still struggle with today. Um, so there was still, you know, I'd be living with these families and I would just think, my, we, you, you, you know about, a lot about shoppers, but my right mm-hmm. to be here was very um, broken. Of course. So I was constantly worried that I was overstepping or in their way and so I'd give it four or five months and say thank you and then I would you know not be homeless again but yeah be homeless again and then someone else would be like why don't you come stay with me and um when I wanted to go to university I wanted to go as far away as possible and so I did and I um you know I wrote an essay about you know why I wasn't able to get financial help and I was really lucky to have gotten quite a nice bursary and uh, ended up going to school in London Ontario um, but then from there, you know, not being under the grip of any, not even the grip of the watch of any adults, I was a bit more, you know, I partied a little bit too hard and, um, you know, I got myself into some, you know, pretty questionable scenarios and, you know, I experimented with drugs and, you know, everything that you do at 17, 18 yeah. and, uh, I had a really good time. <laughs> I really did. Good, that's what we like to hear. <laughs> but um, I was very lonely. Like, you know, you could just, again, my right to be here was just broken. And uh, I was constantly looking for that in other people specifically. I would say I had, you know, quite a few relationships with men that weren't, that didn't warrant my... Um, my trust or my... Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't even really give them my trust. Like, I, I always thought I was in control by having, you know, by, you know, having my men, my, my like, you know, yeah. <laughs> the pants of a, of a male. And, and uh, yeah, that's where I'm going to be. But actually, I feel like I have the upper hand whenever, you know, when I actually didn't. And I was still longing for more. Um, but I wouldn't allow myself to get there. And that went on. And then I met this guy and... Um, you know, it was a, probably my insecure, most insecure when I met him. And I remember the first fight we got into and I had got drunk with my friends and I didn't want to go to the bar. So I went home. It was my first time ever in my own apartment with one bedroom. And I went home and I was terrified. I was by myself and uh, I was drunk and I passed out on my bedroom. All the doors were locked. Passed, passed out on my bedroom and I had a knock on the window in the middle of the night and it scared the crap out of me so I turned my lights off and hid under my covers and I woke up to these text messages the next morning that were like you're you're such a slut um I can't believe you did that I can't believe you were with someone last night and um that you you know you it was just and I was so it was so bizarre and the guy that I was seeing um had thought that I was with someone and that's why I turned the lights off I was just oh my god, you were just terrified. nineteen years old, yeah. terrified, really drunk, like bad man, hide under my covers, and instead of saying that's really bad behavior from his part, A to call me all these names, but B to like jump to the who jumps to a conclusion like that, you know that yeah. wouldn't even cross my mind, um, and uh, instead of being rational, I thought wow he really likes me, <laughs> if he if he really cares that I was with someone else. And he was so mad that he thought it was someone else. He must really like me. 
And so I dated him and I dated him for an awful um, nine months and it was like that every month. But that's so interesting because that's what you were lacking from your home life, like someone caring or if you'd done something perhaps that was deemed bad, they'd, you were sort of banished rather than yeah. like someone actually caring about... In a weird way, but... <laughs> yeah, in a really, really weird way. That's what, that's what you kind of craved, I suppose. And I just, I think I just wanted him to love, like, to love me, yeah. you know? And so I put up with, like, so much verbal abuse for a really long time. I mean, without getting into it, like, just some wacko oh, Jamie. stuff. Like, and, I, and it all revolved around him always putting me down, no matter what, no matter what it was him. You know, I remember one time, and I, and I knew, at this point, I, I kind of knew, like, I figured it out very quickly. Like, he thinks I'm cheating on him because he's cheating on me. You know, but he was such a sociopath that he would convince me. Like, and he was so quick. I'd go to his house and um, I'd be like, you know, whose bra is under your bed? And he, without hesitation, would be like, it's Cody's girlfriend that got caught up in your laundry. And he'd be like, you know, I know you're not telling mm-hmm. the truth. But in that same breath, he's saying, you're fucking crazy. You know what? Fine. You want to start a fight over nothing? Fine. And, you know, you think... Like, you, you go crazy. When, if you ever dated a guy, you, you go insane. And um, in the end, it was, it was really nice because... Not really nice, it was awful, but I met this girl and she... Uh, we were working at the same place and she said, why don't you come out drinking tonight? And I said, um, you, you know what? Actually, fine. I really don't want to go home. Um, at this point, like, we were living together. He was living in his own place. I was living in my own place. But, like, he was only ever sleeping at my house. And the two nights that he didn't sleep at my house were the two nights three nights that he was cheating on me. I mean, God knows what during the middle of the day. But um, she said to me, oh, yeah, come come out with me. And then I said, oh, yeah, you know what, actually... And I said to me, like, you know what, my boyfriend, I'm pretty sure my boyfriend's cheating on me anyways. I don't want to go home. Let's just have a glass of wine. And she thought, she kind of was like, okay. <laughs> and then we were chatting, and she said, oh, you know, I, I used to live here, and that's how I met your friend Tyler. And I went, oh, you know, my boyfriend. Her jaw dropped. <laughs> and I was like... Please tell me that you were sleeping with my boyfriend. And she said, yeah. And she sat me down and she showed me. She was the coolest person I'd ever met. And she showed me every single text message. And it was insane. It was insane. Like, the things he he was telling her that were so beyond true that this girl was cheating on him. and, And the things just started, like, piling together. So I should stay. I'm going on a bit of a tangent, but I should say that during this period of time, I stepped into my first yoga class. Okay. And it was the most level-headed. I, I felt so insane all the time. I was hiding from my friends that we were still hanging out because no one wanted to, like... He, it was always high lows. It was always crying, him breaking up with me, me breaking up with him, him showing up in my house crying. Like, it was just... It was a mess. And yoga was, like, the one hour that I had where I didn't think of anything and then you could you come out to a series of text messages from him being like where have you been (laughs) but you know it was that where I found yoga and I thought and I couldn't balance at all you know I was super strong I had done gymnastics but I could not balance for the life of me and I kept getting frustrated so that was my first into yoga she came along showed me the messages I mean you can never be mad at girls in this situation like she was the coolest person I'd ever met she stayed overnight at my house that night. Um, you know, it was like, if he comes, like, let's... And he, of course, he didn't come. And then the whole thing ended in this awful, awful um, restraining order because he just wouldn't 
let me like heal. Like it was always like, you know, when someone, when you're a good person and you really, when you're broken yourself, but you are still fundamentally a good person, you think, God, I, you put yourself aside and you think I could help him. He needs help. I have to help him. And with all, you, he can keep stepping all over you, but you are going to help him in the end. And a friend of mine forced me to get the restraining order, which I did, and that was the best thing I ever did because then legally he couldn't come around anymore, and legally I could I could heal. And um, from there it was a couple of more you know missteps, but ultimately that's when the yoga started, and it just got clearer and clearer and clearer and clearer. And you know I think I met Matt a year or two, my husband after that, and. Um, so were you still in uni at this stage? I left before? uni after that. Okay. I, like, left the, the town. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I need to, like, remove myself from the situation. And uh, my friend said, let's go to Whistler. And I thought, fuck it. And I've never, I didn't, like, I had never given Whistler a thought, and I almost didn't go. And I kept seeing commercials for skiing and for Whistler, and I was like, I can't ski. But I think that the trees and the energy, and just being outside. And just the mountain air as well, yeah. It, it will soothe me. Like, I, I grew up in a place called Ajax, Ontario, so if anyone is from Toronto, they'll know that, like, it's a, not a very creative place. <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's very, you know, everyone drives a car to get their coffee. Nobody walks to get their coffee. Um, you know, I mean, I, I had a great childhood there. I don't want to knock it too much, but it, for me, it, it wasn't a place where I could be creative I always felt like so much was lacking and that I was drowning there and um also that so much stuff had happened there mm. in my childhood all the friends that I had in high school I you know what did, what did they think of me and what did they think of me moving around all the time and and I was never really confident in any of the friends that I had and um because I because I didn't have feel that right to, to be there yeah right and um so Whistler was really, you know, who am I, who do I want to be here? And who I wanted to be was free. And, and for, I think I met Matt the second day and I thought, fuck. <laughs> Not free. <laughs> Not free. I'm going to marry, I, I knew I was going to marry him the first time I met him. Um, and, uh, but I was ready. Like I, I'd spent so much time healing and I finally got to a point where I was like, you know what? I love myself and I don't need anyone else. And when you get to that point where you love yourself You'll never let anyone... I will, would never let anyone put me down the way that he put me down. And I got to that point. And so when I met Matt, I remember the first time he didn't text me back. He didn't text me back because he just didn't text, period. Like, so foreign, you know? <laughs> but, like, I was used to, like, guys, where are you? What are you doing? We need to get a restraining order from right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And so I was like, mm. if he wants me, he'll text me. If he wants to be around me because I am pretty fucking awesome, he will. And I was very, even if I wasn't really confident, you know, like I was like, I'm going to like manifest. Exactly. And you had that level of self-respect where it was actually, you've done so much healing and things like that to get yourself to a place where actually, if he doesn't want to be with you, if he doesn't want to reply, then bye. Yeah. And And I say this to all the women that ask me, like if men are so easy, if they want to be with you, they will be with you. Like, they're simple. So true. <laughs> like, so true. They will text They're black you. and white. They're black and white. Like We're grey. Yeah, they don't play games. They're like, oh, well, she didn't text me, so like I'm going to wait. Um, you know, if they want to be with you, they'll be with you. And if they don't, they won't. And if they don't, but you chase them, they might. They might be like, oh, she's 
easy target. Well, I'll get what I want from her. And, but if you want something that is going to be worth your time, then you have to just let, let it happen. Let it happen. Because men are black and white and they'll be like, I like her. I want to spend more time with her. Or, yeah, I don't really like her, you know, but she keeps texting me, so maybe I'll call her and maybe I'll see if I can, like, fuck her tonight and then... <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, no, I totally agree. I totally agree. But that's... Um, so, quickly, so you don't... So, obviously, you were in Whistler and had yoga been something... I know you mentioned that you went to, like, a bit, but was it something that you did full-time? No, so you were so teaching, but, like, were you practising loads? I, I couldn't afford it. Um... And, uh, but I would do it every once in a while. And then I had a, another breakup, but this time was with my best friend. Okay. Um, and, uh, I was super angry for a long time. And, you know, uh, it came down to the summer, everything in Worcester discounts in the summer. So your rent cuts in half and everything is all of a sudden like, try this and you get 10 classes. So I went to this, uh, Jiva Mutki class. Um, and what class? Jiva Mutki. What's that? It's... It's really about, God, I don't want to say the wrong thing here, but it's very centered around animals, around um, being kind to others, being kind to, you know, yourself. There's a lot of chanting, um, quite a few inversions. So it hit me, wow. where I, you know, in the, in the physical bit where, where I was, any, whenever you start yoga, the physical bit is important to you. And it hit me there, but it was the first time chanting. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, like... Where am I? Um, who are these people? Why do they know the songs? Why don't I know the songs? Um, and I was sort of eh, like, you're like humming around because I didn't want anyone to know that I didn't belong there. And um, and she had the organ, you know, and she had just beat cancer, and it was such a profound wow. moment in my life. And I don't remember what she said, but she said, well, she said, offer this class up to someone. And the first person that popped into my mind was Julia. Um, and she stayed with me the whole, the whole class. And it didn't matter what I had done to her, what she had done to me, or why we broke up in the first place, but I just felt a profound sense of loss for her and a longing for her. And um, I left that class, and I sent her an email right away. And so it's helped me heal so many times. And it didn't, we, didn't, we didn't heal right away. It took us a while, but um, I would say that yoga has played a huge and why she's my best friend again and um you know one of the first big amounts of time we spent together was on one of my yoga retreats and I said you know what just come you know I think I'd just love to have you there and like love for you to like see and so it was Jiva Maki and Whistler and I wanted to do my teacher training then um but I again I don't have this right to be here no one's gonna what do I what do I know so I put a deposit down on a place and I um, chickened out and then I went traveling through Central America because Matt had, at this point, Matt had... So you're now in a relationship with Matt? Yes. Okay. And, he had, and we were like, I mean, we told each other we loved each other within like two weeks. I met his family within like four weeks. I almost didn't show up to the dinner. Um, and then we moved in together in like three months after that because it was cheaper to share rent. And um, he went back to London. He got into grad school and he said, come with me. And I said, no not going to move countries for a boy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, even though I knew, like, I'm going to marry this guy, I was like, I need to learn what it's like to be alone. Like, I have you, but, like, to, you know, I'd gone from relationship to relationship. Bad, 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 good, but still. Um, where had I spent that time by myself? So 
I said, I'm going to go travel through Central America for four months by myself. Um, and if I still love you when I'm done, um, then I'll come. But I wasn't sure if we were in this bubble, you know, this like romance bubble where yeah, you... Yeah, and it's actually really brave to do that because there are so many people I know who are probably listening thinking when the right thing comes along, they never want to let it go. Mm-hmm. But I think it's incredibly brave to just say, look, I need to go and do my thing. I need to go and discover more about myself and... If it's right, it's right. If it will be, it will be. And so brave of you to do that. I had felt so dependent. Yeah. You know, I was dependent on my parents until they, I wasn't. And then I was dependent on other people to keep give me shelter. And then I was dependent on uh, my friends to keep me laughing. Mm-hmm. And dependent on, on Tyler, who nearly, you know... I was such a shell of who I was. And I had no idea how I got there. I, how I allowed it to happen. You know, that was the biggest thing. Like, how... Like, I was always quite strong-minded. I was very independent. Like, that's how I remained. And was it was possible for me to move out and to be... And to go to school and to, like, find the resources to get into school and to get help to go to school and to find my own apartment, you know? I was so young when all these things happened. It made me really resilient. Someone would say, no, you can't do that. I'd say, well, watch me anyways. And so when I came to Tyler, it was like, you know, whatever you want to do. What your happiness is above my own and... Like, please never leave me out. Like, you know, I can't live without you, right? That's how I felt. Like, I, can, I cannot live without you. And when I broke up, I, I remember thinking, like, I, I don't want, like, I feel so helpless. And uh, I never want to feel like that, like that again. And I told myself I would never feel like that again. And, um, and, I, and I didn't. And so when Matt said he's gone, I said, you go. And if we're in this bubble, it will fizzle, you know? Maybe it's me. Maybe I just get hooked on, these, on things, you know? And he said, okay. And it was again like the right person for me because if he had said no I would have said watch me and I would have never saw him again but he said go and then my friend oh my gosh I've got goosebumps <laughs> I kind of get goosebumps when I think about it and then my friend my other friend Matt was like I want to come traveling too so I had some support when I was traveling but like Matt never texted me really he he did like once a week you know we'd catch up and and there were people that definitely were there they, they, that caught my eye, I guess, you know, but like, I thought I could have been like, I could have screwed, like, screwed everything up and been like, I'm on holiday and, you know, you see good people, you see good looking people, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, and you're alone, like for four months, it was like, I got to a point where it was like, I don't need you anymore. I never needed you, but I don't need you. I want you, you know, but I want you. So, you know, all these people, you know, these guys would, you know, try and I just, I don't know, I was just like, yeah, I'm pretty set. Like, I, I'm pretty sure about this th- decision. And then when it came to the end of the trip, I was, you know, I took the long way, but I <laughs> went through Iceland, but I got there in the end. <laughs> no, but that's so lovely. And then you moved immediately sort of back to London, and then that's where you then did your yoga I did a, in No, India, I st- right? <laughs> this is a really long story. I still did a year of odd jobs, still not really thinking I had it in me, and then I hated London when I moved here. Did you? Yeah, I hated the tube. I hated how grumpy everyone seemed. Yeah. Um, I needed the outdoors, and I thought, I can't be here, but I want to be with him. And, and so I said, I said, I'm going again. I'm going off. <laughs> and uh, I'm, this time I'm going to India. And his, his dad was like, oh, God, you're going to India. You're going <laughs> to, like, what are you going to, you know? And I said, I'm going to become a yoga teacher. And, and, you know, he's very traditional. And he said, like, okay, you do your thing. As in, like, and when you're ready to get into, <laughs> like, a real job, We'll be here. Um, and I went with the intention, no, when I come back, 
I'm ready to teach. Before that, I was lead, I couldn't afford yoga in London, and I was doing self practice almost every day. Um, maybe not every day, but you know, pretty close. And I was then I started leading him, and then when it went to we went uh, to the summer, and it was you know him and his mom. Well, can we do yoga with you? Sure. Then it was like the whole family, 16, 17 people on a dock. And I was like, I don't have the qualifications, <laughs> but let me just lead you through what I've been doing. And so when I went to India, it was so natural. See, that's the thing that's so amazing is that you were already a teacher. You just almost needed, obviously. You need I just to, didn't like, know it yet. You just didn't know it. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. I literally love it when everything is so... It just fits, doesn't it? And it's like from that very first moment, probably what, let's say four years before, mm-hmm. when you were going through everything with Tyler, that's like... I, and I wasn't ready then. And I wasn't, wasn't ready, ready when but I But it came into your life and it mm-hmm. was that thing in your kind of peripheral vision. And interestingly, I, about 18 months before I even started studying holistic health, I went to a Kundalini class in LA. Mm. And it was so serendipitous the way that it all came about. But... For me, I was like, what? Not dissimilar from you, actually, because Kundalini is quite chanty as well. And it was mm-hmm. it was about a room of about 70 people in this amazing place in it's LA. So anyway, it's so amazing. But it's so funny how it comes into your life and you just not suppress it, but you use it more than it becomes a way of life, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's really, I don't know. I just think the whole thing is super, super interesting. I love your story so much and I'm so glad that I met you and that I came to a because Jamie, yeah, as I mentioned in the intro, like Jamie was my first yoga teacher in London and has taught me so, so many things. So I'm so happy to have you here. No, it's But a... yeah, so then you so then you went away and did your teach training. Mm-hmm. You've done about four, haven't you? Three. Three. Yeah. Uh four this year. And oh, you're year. going again. Yeah. Epic. Um I you have to keep studying. Yeah. My first one, um, I was equipped, but I was like you know, my first class was, I was clueless. I would say that, that you learn the most by teaching. You learn more through practicing, through going to classes. And when you get, become a teacher, everything changes. You start to go to class and you start to listen to different things. Not like you're, you're, you're sort of always in, it's, you're in work mode, but like you start to notice, you know, the sequences, you notice these transitions, you notice what the teacher says, you th- and you have... You know, you it might be different than what you learn, but there are so many ways. And what I recommend is I studied Ashtanga Vinyasa, right? I I'm not an Ashtanga yogi. I maybe go that I might go that way one day, but I was like, I hate Ashtanga. My whole teacher training, I was like, I hate this. <laughs> is that the slow one? No, it's um, it's this traditional one. So it, was, it I highly recommend. So it. I do the Vinyasa, didn't I? Yeah, you, yeah. Vinyasa flowy and hits okay. me in all the right creative That's places. Yeah. You know, you, you lose yourself for a while, and Ashtanga is very rigid. It's the same, it's very monotonous. It has the same sequence every single time, but it's really good if you want to help. It's really good for you to know where you're going. So I don't like being led in Ashtanga, but I like to do Ashtanga and not be led. So you know where you're going, right? So mm-hmm. it's meditative. You can hold the pose for five breaths. You know mm-hmm. where you're going. You don't have to think about it. Okay. Um, it's very type A person who wants to do the same thing every time, and it is very... Um, good for you to see progress in certain poses but the thing I don't really love about it is that you know you, in order to progress you have to master the first level and everyone's body is built different right like yeah hips length of you oh my, my hips are always <laughs> so tight and like and I could do some things and not the other and I know there's it's a system and, it, and I'm not knocking it but body types are different so I went to that uh teach training then I went to another one 
And uh, they taught me that, you know, all bodies are different. So actually throw your rule book out of the way. And I just, it kind of dawned on me that, like, it doesn't really matter. Everything you know is based on what, in order to, in order for you not to end up a sheep, you have to take what everyone tells you and then take the bits that you like, leave the, the bits that you don't, and then formulate your own understanding and idea of it. And that's how you teach. And not everyone's going to agree with the way that I teach. I'm sure people, people come in and go, she's an idiot, and leave, you know, maybe, no. maybe not, but like, <laughs> but I'm, you know, you never know, like, someone, you're going to get an, if a Shenge, if an Ashtenge came to my class, and I was like, yeah, if you feel like taking it here, go ahead, that's just not the way for it's them, t- yeah. you know, so you're not going to please everyone, but you will, te- if you teach from a place that you believe, um, then you'll be fine, you know, and that's what I do, I teach based on all the teacher trainings that I've done. Yeah, you just have to figure out what works for you and what works with the sequences, I imagine. And that's not similar for me when I work with people. There isn't one way that works for everyone. Exactly. Like, each person that I work with is totally different from the next. And so we have to do these like trial and erroring things or whatever it might be. And I think that that's also what's so lovely about your classes as well. They're never the same. I mean, I know you have your like one week here, one week there, whatever. But you get something different from each class and mm-hmm. that's what's so amazing like sometimes I honestly wait um walk out feeling totally and utterly energized other times I work just walk out feeling a little bit high and a bit spacey definitely need to ground myself more at the end um some, but also I've cried in so many of your classes mm-hmm. not that you would necessarily know but I've spent quite a lot of time in child's pose like with tears just coming down my face because it's releasing these mm-hmm. emotional blockages that perhaps I don't know how to release in a I don't know in a not in an emotional way but I don't know how to release perhaps by using words it needs to come out physically you're letting go I'm letting go you're letting go and uh I see it I see it often at the very first five minutes of my class when I give people permission to breathe and to be and be still and you just see sometimes you see tears streaming on people's faces Mm. like I've given them permission to relax and they're like, and they're exhausted, you know? And, you know, my classes, I'm just like, take a child with you, I'll skip a vinyasa if you want to skip. I go to class, and I skip almost every vinyasa. Like, I'm like, I just don't feel like it today, because I teach so much. And, um, you know, I think you have to just let people be. All I know is when I started yoga, I just needed to be there. I was just about to say, actually, it's so interesting, because sometimes I do feel like all I want to do is just sit on my mat and mm-hmm. breathe, like, while mm-hmm. the sequence is going on. And not that I actually do do that but it has crossed my mind a few times where I just needed to get to the room and you feel safe and you feel safe if you want to be in child's yeah. pose there are people that just stop yeah, and yeah. they're in child's pose and I don't know if they're crying all the time but I know some people do cry and I know some people cry and get up and leave yeah and they just don't understand it um but if you just no one's looking at you you know yeah. I went to a kundalini class for my first time um through a month, a month and a half ago yeah. I think I told you this I was in a bit of a transition um and uh, I just, from the first, from the first five minutes, she said to me, you are the, uh, what did she say? Something about you are the pain of your mother who harbors the pain of her mother. Something just like, come on. And I just what? started crying. And then it was just like these motions up and down. And I, for the entire 75 minutes, I was, I felt like a, I don't even know. I just felt like a weeping dog. Like, I, and I was embarrassed, and I was trying to hold it in. And then I just, she said, everyone 
better have their eyes closed anyways. So, and then once, I cl- once they were closed, I just cried. And I could hear people crying. Caroline Cowan, if you want to go. Oh, my gosh. She's my one <laughs> as well. So she's amazing. amazing, isn't she? Oh, my God. I just... And I was like, do I want to do a Kundalini? Yeah, she's wonderful. Like, do I want to go deeper into that? Because Mm. I am going outside of Asana. I am going, and this you'll notice if you if you listen to some of my first playlists, they are like, do 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 do. They're like a party in the yoga room. And now they are slow. And now I'm not afraid to tell people to be slow. But it's really interesting because I've actually been to a few other Kundalini teachers as well, and Carolyn teaches very differently to other people. Mm-hmm. And I like her way of teaching, and I mm-hmm. haven't quite gelled with anyone else's. I actually haven't been to one of Carolyn's classes in so long, but um, I really, really like her way of teaching. So that's just something that she's, yeah, she's different. She's different. Nice she's thing. got the same. She's got the same sort of edge as you, though. And obviously, you teach different styles and forms, mm-hmm. but. She's real. I love, I love that that's who yeah. you went to. She's just like... Did you go I, on your own? Yeah. Oh my God, amazing. <laughs> the 7.45 The class. No, I went to the t- a Tuesday. I, I, Tuesday morning. Tuesday, I wasn't teaching um, one day. I took the whole week off. I had really bad anxiety. Um, and uh, she just hit me, man. I almost wanted to like, I almost want to get rid of my Tuesday morning class. I've been battling with this because I just want to go to it. Well, she had to, she does Tuesday night as well. She just, every time that I teach. Oh, did she? <laughs> That's so annoying. I'll be there, though. <laughs> <laughs> Two places at once. So she goes, I actually, um, now that you just mentioned your anxiety, because I know that you have struggled with that a little bit over the years, mm-hmm. and it's something which I know, obviously, a lot of people struggle with, and it would just be really nice to hear a little bit from you about what you, what do you do to kind of mm. settle it, or like... How do you feel? Because I, I actually remember one time you had it when you were in the when you were teaching a class. Mm-hmm. Um, I had bolt. I had bolt, and then I was in the changing room with my feet up against the wall, <laughs> and all my clients around. Your friend was in that class. Yeah, it was she really was. bad. Um, I mean, it wasn't really bad. No, it it's amazing. I think it's really important for people to see, actually, that you know you're not invincible. Mm. There's a reason why you are a teacher. Well, when I first started teaching, um, and I came back. I had every intention of being a successful teacher. That was my goal. Um, and so to do that, I just thought, well, I'm going to teach as many classes as I can. I remember going to one studio and the guy, uh, he was a bit, brushed me off a little bit and, you know, you need more time. And I knew I didn't need more time. And I have to credit CORE because they gave me the space. And I hadn't taught anywhere else. I had done a lot of private, a lot of one-on-one. I covered so much, but they gave me a, a trial. They gave me space. And immediately they said, you know what, actually... Yeah, teach. And then from there, I was saying yes to every career. I was, I didn't go on holiday for a year. I didn't go on any family trips, really, that I thought would, you know, I, they were going to the, the country house, and I was like, no, I've got to teach this one class for 20 pounds. <laughs> you know, like, and I was taking classes for, like, 18, 15, 12 pounds, and I was like, just got, I've got to teach. And I taught, 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 and then I got to a point where I wasn't, it was a year later, maybe, a year and a half later, I was teaching 16 classes a week, and then that just kind of, kept going and I had and I remember just like there was you know just putting a dollar sign in all the time and like I felt like if I wasn't making money I wasn't successful and um you know because you do compare yourself to other people and you think well I've got I've just chosen this route and everyone is a banker and everyone's making a lot of money how do I carve this space out for myself and be successful and you know so I was teaching quite a lot I was doing my retreats and 
I would come back from retreat, uh, fly in at like eight in the morning. I'd be like teaching at 12. And then I teach like three back to back. And I taught every Saturday and Sunday, every weekend, four in a row on Saturday, three in a row on Sunday. And I never gave myself any time. And when anxiety crept up, it would always go the same way. I would teach 28 days in a row. And then I would call core and say, I just need three days off. And they were really kind. Okay, sort it out, you know. But this kept happening. You know, until really recently, this kept happening. And um, I would just do it, do it, do it, do it, push it, suppress it, suppress it. And then I'd go out with my friends. I'd get quite drunk, have a nice time. And on Monday, the anxiety, I don't know if you get anxiety after you drink. I get anxiety. I don't drink often. Like, I drink drink a lot of wine, but, like, I don't drink and get drunk. And every time I would drink and get drunk and, like, you know, on Monday... And Tuesday, I would just feel like a shell. And I would just, all the anxiety would creep in. And I felt it that day when I was teaching that specific day. And I felt like I couldn't teach. I couldn't possibly do three classes in a row. I did a 5, 36, 37, 30. I didn't ask for help because I was afraid to ask for help. Because if I asked for help, it made me seem weak. And um, I was, you know, trying to be really strong. And um, naturally, I just had a couple of coffees. <laughs> I had a double espresso before that class. <laughs> that is when I do get anxiety, actually. I never really drink coffee. And I had one the other day, and I was literally buzzing. I used to do six coffees a day. I was wow. getting, Every morning, I was getting up at four in the morning. Yeah. And I, I was know. going to bed at, like, ten. And I would teach a client at six in the morning. And, it would just, it would, and I just went on mute. And I was in work mode for 28 days. And then when I let loose, something would happen every single time. So this particular day was Tuesday, and I had gone out on the weekend, had a great time with my friends, tried to come back to normal life, and it didn't work, and I got into that room, at, and I, I'm not the best at teaching yin, um, it's something that I'm working on, but I teach vinyasa because it helps me escape as well, and when I teach yin, well then you think that you struggle to like not think, I'm like, am I saying too much, am I saying too little, um, do they like my music, like... <laughs> You know, like... The mind is racing. My mind's racing. I'm not doing the poses. And I remember thinking, how the hell can I get out of this room? Um, Before that, I should say, I was sitting on the bench and Jason came over to me and said, "Uh, have you seen Steph? And I said, who's Steph? This is um, the owner of Cool Collective and his girlfriend. And I said, who is Steph? (laughs) Like... I knew who she was. I couldn't figure it out. And then I had a client talking to me. And I could see him speaking and I could respond, but I didn't under I wasn't digesting the words. Wow. And then I I was still feeling kind of weird. And then we went into the room and then I thought I was having a stroke. So first the right side of my face um went like kind of like tingly. And then the whole right side of my body went really tingly. And well, this is what happens when you have a panic attack. Something feels like a stroke. And but then you start to freak out so then I was like uh, I remember saying I think I'm having a stroke or I'm having a heart attack or something how the hell am I going to get out of this room how can I leave this classroom um what do I say what do I do and like my mind's racing and my heart was pounding and I was sweating like profusely and I don't even know how long I was silent for but I had my back up against the wall they were in like pigeon or something so I mean, I must have had him pigeon for about 12 minutes before, and I couldn't say anything, and I was just mute. And then someone looked at me, or I, said, I texted Eloise, and I said, I think I'm having a heart attack. And she said, get 
out of there, like stop the class, like, you know, and I, how do I, how do I do this? How do I tell these people that I'm not well, you know? And yeah, huge. I didn't know what to do. And, and so I said, I'm not feeling well. I think I might be sick. I'm really sorry. I have to stop the class. Holy crap. That was hard. I wanted to cry right away. I went into the bathroom. I like threw up and then I was still shaking. And then the clients followed me into the change room to see if I was okay. And then I had one of them put me up on, on like the bench and I had my feet up against the wall and I was still like, you know, then Eloise came down and got me and pulled me away, away from me upstairs and I just, you know, calmed down eventually realized I was having a panic attack. And I took the rest of the week off, but it was a really big, like, you are not invincible. That also, like, you can't be teaching in that state. You can't leave it to us. But also what's so amazing about that, and I think that naturally where your fear was coming from was that I'm meant to be holding this room together. But with yoga, it's everyone. It's Mm -hmm. everyone in the room. And most people have come into that room not because they just want to stretch out their glutes, but because they are spiritual in some way, in particular with your classes, because they are pretty spiritual. But Mm -hmm. it's... I'm, um, I know that that's your safe space. I know that that room is exactly where you feel comfortable and for something so detached from who you are and, you know, you've never had a panic attack before mm-hmm. to happen within that super safe space. Like, it's it's terrifying. But you had the most amazing people around you to kind of support you through. Mm-hmm. That was it. It was, it, was my, it was my safe space. How is this happening? I wanted to get out of there. I wanted to be out of my body. I just wanted, you know, and what I really needed was just to take a look. Uh, what was going on in my life, you know, and it, and it and that was what two years ago. It wasn't until recently that I cut down from eighteen classes. I wanted more holidays after that. I took more time for myself. Yeah, because going, I know, I know. Obviously, I knew you well, but going away and traveling and exploring, and I know that you have such a passion for culture and mm-hmm. different places and things. And I'm so glad that you're making more time within your life for taking space and even um on your instagram recently how you've kind of been changing it you did a post the other day which you were like ah it's not all yoga anymore and you were like there's just so much more to me and there's so much more that i like want to share and things mm-hmm. when you're in paris and stuff and i'm just yeah it's so nice for you that you are like making that t- time and it's your self-care you know well it got to a point where it was just yoga 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 and who was i it was a yoga teacher but who was i beyond that and what did i like beyond that and like i didn't even want to practice anymore I was just churning out classes, and I, I, I credit myself, I was doing a good job. I, w- I went in every single time with, with everything, and I think that's what, why it shot me so, so hard, why it knocked me so hard, was I wasn't going there and, like, just teaching the sequence that I've been doing it for the same month with my eyes closed. I was giving everything to these classes, and I was feeling nothing afterwards, because it's like, it's like doing a bunch of drugs, <laughs> teaching classes, like, up and down, up and down, up, and you have it up, and you've got to come down, even up, and you've come down, even up, and, you know, then you're down, and you are down for a long time, and you, you know, it's like a yo-yo, right, so I needed to find a way to manage these levels, because you said you feel like you're high after a class, I felt like that all of the time, I was high, and then I was low, and I was high, my adrenals were so messed up, I wasn't sleeping, and uh, it wasn't until like a month, two months ago, when I went to that Kundalini class, um, where I cut my classes to like 11 and so I good. even want to cut them now to eight and I want to teach longer significant classes I begged Cora to give me 75 minute classes I love them they're my favorite thing in the, in the entire world I want to teach for 90 minutes now I want to teach bigger longer 
more significant classes with more emphasis on the breath than I want, you know, to do the choppy. I still love the choppy. Because that works for you, you know, that's what helps you. And I was actually going to ask, how do you kind of separate something which you know you need in your life, Mm. practicing yoga, because it's saved you and it's got you to where you are now. Mm -hmm. But how do you keep that kind of space between it being your career and then a passion and what you really enjoy? Because I remember there was a time when I saw you and you, I don't want to use the term broken, but you were stressed out to the max. Mm -hmm. And it was almost as though what your passion and your love was, was turning because it was hurting you yeah do you know what I mean I said to you I was like I don't want to teach any more classes I was like no (laughs) (laughs) um and yeah I was like I was talking to the top and I wasn't taking any of my own advice and I wasn't filling out my own cup and I would go into periods and every time I find yoga again and I'd be like this is great but now I've made it rigid I'm I'm at least practicing at least twice a week um in a classroom setting and then myself practices almost every day you know just even if it's like 10 minutes I meditate, um, not for long, I'm not that great at it, but um, even every time I put people in Savasana now, rather than, you know, I guess I was watching you guys before, but I'm now, now my eyes are closed, and I'm breathing in through the nose, out through the nose. Even if it's five, ten minutes, I have, now I have four periods about a day, you know, so I feel less high when I leave, because I'm also grounding at the end of the class. So good. And that was really helpful for me, and, um, and I have to go to yoga, like, I have to go to yoga, and I have to do teach trainings once a year, not just for my education and to make me a better teacher, but because I need to not teach and be taught every day for that period of time and get back into that routine and learn more. And um, so it's been, you know, and I've been wanting to branch out into, like, now that I have 11 classes, I, I, I kind of feel lost sometimes, like, what am I doing with my time? It's very easy for me to, like, want to just teach a private client or something but I'm trying to paint I'm trying to take photos I'm trying to I really want to get into design and um I think I was telling you about this interior design um and I'm sort of transitioning that way I won't ever forget about teaching classes but I no longer just want to be Jamie the yoga teacher but I want to be Jamie she teaches really good yoga classes but she's also a wife a mother a lover a um artist you know like I would just love to have every bit of me and not just you know and I never wanted to you know what that's not true I think I think there was a time in my life where I wanted to be an Instagram yogi not like I didn't really care to you know but I wanted to be known as an Instagram teacher not Instagram a teacher with a following with a following because that's when you when you first start out teaching you think that's what you need in order to get seen god now I post pose of chairs <laughs> like I just and your bathroom yeah and I see the numbers dwindling and I'm like fingers up like you know like good riddance because there's so much more to me and I just don't care for I get brands that want to work with me all the time and I'm I said to them first of all look at my engagement it's so bad like I don't hashtag I don't engage with other people I don't comment on people's stuff for the sake of it I don't it's just for me it's just so time consuming and it's so drowning and it, it should be a place where everyone is creative and everyone expresses their creativity. And if they have, happen to express what's going on, um, great. If you're sitting there for three hours thinking about it. It's not, it's not right. Let it go. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have that most respect for content creators that do it well. 
Of course. But you do have, I mean, even when you post a chair or a shadow or this or that, it's still it's still you. There's still very much like your the brand that you've created with whatever that may be, but you can still feel your energy you, coming you have through to, because it's natural. Yeah. You have to you have to let it be you. Yeah, totally. And like when you teach as well, you have to let it be you because if you try to create someone else, then you have to uphold it. Totally. You know? I frequently fall in my classes or like I've like knocked somebody over, you know, like bumped them by accident. Like that you know, that's just That's real life. That's real life, you know? <laughs> but actually yeah, I was gonna say what was what would be like one of your top tips on someone who's trying to get into the yoga sphere? It's so hard now. Um we have a girl, uh, Jess, she works at the kitchen. She just came, she just came back from teacher training. And I just said to her, you have this space. Ask them if you can run a free class for a month, for two months, you know? Practice teaching. What is going to make you a better teacher is teaching. And if you want to work at studios, then you can invite them to your class, right? Like you can say, I've been teaching this free class for three months it's going really well it's it's, you know it's always full I mean if it's if it starts to get really full and there's a wait list like then Cole would be silly not to be like well let's just make it your class and then give you another and give you another right like you have to do things you just need to practice and you have to do things for free for a while for a little bit not forever but like I was taking classes for 18 pounds which is pretty laughable in the yoga world and there's a lot of people that say, you know, we need to stick together and can't take anything less. But honestly, like, I agree to an extent that we need to have respect for ourselves and be paid well. But at the beginning, people work for, if you work in a law firm or, you know, you work for free, you work for free for a bit of it. It's an internship, right? You don't totally. just walk into anything because you deserve it. You have to do things um, for, for kindness and, and because you want to learn and you have to be willing to learn. Like, so many people go away on the teacher training and they just started teaching yoga like a, a year ago, and there's nothing. We started practicing a year ago. There's nothing wrong with that, but you have to be ready to put the work in, and you know, you can't just come back from that and think I'm ready. You have to teach, and um, you know, and that's what she's doing. And I, I, she's a great teacher. You know, she'll she'll be fine, but it will get to a point where she can say, "I want to teach at." Uh, you know, I'm going to go on a whim here and say, like, try yoga. And they probably won't come, but if she said, if she met the right person and said, why don't you come to my class? That is how you are seen, you know? Um, not on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> You're so right. Do the actual practice. Do the extra practice. Um, okay, and then I've got some questions. So these are the kind of questions that I asked ask everyone. What does balance mean to you? Well, you know I love my rosé. <laughs> no. Um, balance means... It, you know you have to have work but then love and then vulnerability and then art and then fun you know it can't just be one and not nothing else and you know I'm not perfect I never claimed to be and I you know I went to Paris last weekend I got a jewel pot because I really wanted some tobacco like you know like I had some wine I you know I don't beat myself up about these things um you know you have to just find and find love like love for yourself for your body for your work have confidence um but ultimately like say no when you want to say no yes like 
some people just say yes to everything <laughs> say no <laughs> thank you that's great advice <laughs> let's all take that no advice okay so what's your favorite recipe at the moment oh my god it's so easy for me i have it almost every day uh, every week uh it's so simple apple fennel and kale And then the dressing is lemon, cayenne, oil. I put cumin in it as well. Delicious. It's the perfect lunch. I, you know, it's it's like nice and cleansing. I I have a, like a whole bag of kale when I do this. Um, But yeah, it's really, really, and like you massage the kale so it wilts. It's not so like. Totally. And I. With the lemon juice and stuff. Delicious. I don't know why, but like once a week, twice a week, I have it. (laughs) And. I'm going to make that. Danielle Cooperman, Danielle Copperman. Oh yeah, she does these really nice uh, balls. Uh, they're cookie raw cookie dough balls in her mm. book. They're so good. Amazing. <laughs> I am going off chocolate. I did it for Len, and then I ate way too much chocolate the weekend. I'm just going off again. You're eating my Easter egg as we speak. Um, okay, so what is the one thing that you would never leave the UK without? Mm, my camera. Yes, because it means I'm going somewhere. And, yeah, I take so many pictures. I love that. Okay, well, it's now come to quickfire time. Morocco or Sri Lanka? Morocco. Shower or bath? Bath. Purple or red? Purple. Wine or chocolate? Wine. (laughs) 7am or 7pm? Ooh, 7am. Amazing. Jamie, thank you so much. It's been so great chatting with you today. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. Sorry. you so much for listening to this week's podcast and I hope that you enjoyed the episode I always love chatting to Jamie I just find her so calming I quickly wanted to let you know about Jamie's next retreat it's in Greece in October and she has teamed up with an incredible chef called Sophie Gordon so if you're free in October and looking for a zen way to see in the autumn then check out the link which I've put in the notes Um, in the podcast notes and as always if you did enjoy the episode I'd be so grateful if you could rate it leave a comment and perhaps even hit subscribe because it will really help to get my podcast out there anyway have a good end to your week and I will be back next week same place same time until then stay balanced